Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not doing this for Richard for fame. I want to, you know, I want to give people a different mindset other than the typical, you know, social media dribble that you see every day. You right. know, everyone's. This is. Yeah. So, uh, Wajid, um, you know, I, I was reading your profile and everything, and you got an interesting story. Um, uh, engineer, um, from engineer to comedian? Yeah, to acting and commercials and <laughs> drastic changing life, you know. Drastic, drastic change in life. I, um, that's interesting to you know, I want to say that you made a like a complete 180, but to go to that direction, you know, I think that that's, um, I, I can't say it's starting to look like the new normal instead of it just being one out of a million, you know what I mean? Well, you know, um, based on the what happened in the pandemic, a lot of people started searching and realizing you know that uh is this is this my life is this you know is the nine to five my life am i a slave to the system and a lot of people uh, actually uh, during the pandemic changed their careers to something that they want to do and i think uh it's a sign of the times people are searching and finding out that it, it's not what they need to do in order to make a living it's what they want to do and um I think I reached that stage in my technical career where I just got burnt out. And, uh, you know, when I was, uh, when I was 15 in high school in London, you know, I, I got up in front of the, um, in front of the school and made everybody laugh. And my high school teacher at that time pleaded with me to get into comedy and acting. And, you know, my parents being immigrants from another country and fearful they, they would have nothing to do with it. And, you know, you, you do your studies and science and math and get a decent job. And, you know, so they, they poop out it. And so after a little while, it was only until I came into to LA that I, I've pretty much few things happened to the point where I said enough is enough and uh, decided to get into something I wanted to do. And of course, you know, comedy and acting doesn't pay the bills, <laughs> as you know, <laughs> how competitive it is. And so leaving a, you know, a decent paying job for comedy and acting, you know, people probably roll their head, roll their eyes. And of course, you know, I did menial jobs, you know, and parked cars and worked security and drove limos and taxis and, you know, all this stuff that you have to do in order to audition during the day. And it's, it's a tough business. Uh, of course, you know, I didn't make it, uh, you know, the possibility of making it big in the industry is just minimum, uh, only a tiny percent. But it was good for the last 20 years to be a working actor and get regular jobs. So, uh, so it was very fulfilling in many ways. And that is excellent, man. I, I tip my hat off to you for sure. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, the land of a legend, AKA big T. 
And thank you for listening to this new installment of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. Um, you have been listening to me and my guest, Wajid Hassan, uh, get a little bit into his background and about everything he has going on. So, uh, Wajid, say hello to my audience. Hello, audience. Great to be on your show, Terrence. Appreciate it. Man, no doubt, no doubt. So you you decided um, 20 years ago that you was going to, you know, live out a passion of yours and you moved to L.A. from where? Um, well, I was born in Pakistan mm-hmm. and then my parents moved to England when I was three years old. So I don't remember much of Pakistan, although I did get a chance in 85 to go there for five weeks to get back to my roots. But mostly I was raised in England, uh, in the north of England, uh, near Manchester till the age of 10. Then we moved to London and then went to high school in the east end of London. And then from there, I got a formal education, got into the technical field as a field service engineer, uh, you know, fixing computer systems around around the southern England for a large company. And then I eventually moved out to Los Angeles and uh, did similar work there as well for a while um and then uh it got to the point where eventually i ended up um uh with a little computer repair store in hollywood uh, near sunset and highland and uh i was i was fixing this lady's uh, apple computer once and 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 at that time i i had a um, you know my spiritual master uh my yogi master passed away around 1997 and I, I kind of got into a depression. And then my wife at the time said, well, you know, you did a little comedy and acting in school and you always wanted to do it with it. Maybe it'll help you with your depression. I said, okay, I started, started taking some stand-up comedy classes and got, did the open mics at the laugh factory and comedy store and found out I could make people laugh and was, was pretty content with that. And then, you know, I, I I believe that destiny occasionally, you know, I don't believe in, in chance. I believe that sometimes things happen in your life, which were meant to be. So, you know, I was fixing this lady's computer and she kept staring at me and I said, why do you keep staring at me? She said, well, you have an interesting face. So I didn't know <laughs> how to, I didn't know how to take that. And, and I said, so, and she said, well, I'm a casting director and I didn't know what a casting director. And she said, well, let's see if we can get you an agent. So she got me an agent, commercial agent. Next thing I know, I started booking commercials there. The computer repair business went, went, went down because the large companies like Best Buy, Circuit City and all that were taking over. And so the chances of actually competing with them were nil. So that went on. And then, so I decided, well, that's, you know, that's something I want to do. Started booking commercials, got a theatrical agent, started booking small roles in uh, uh, TV and sitcoms and uh, doing voiceover and did that for 20 years. And uh, like I say, it was fulfilling many times, but as you know, if anybody's in the industry, it's extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with a lot of rejections if you're a musician or a writer or an actor in 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 Hollywood or New York, uh, it can it can it can it can it can tell you wear you down in many ways. And like I say, I was very fortunate in many respects that uh, as a union actor, I managed to get steady work. How did you deal with the rejections? 
And you know, we're human when we're supposed to not deal with rejections, but um, 99% of auditions are pretty much rejections. And so, you know, if you, if you got to have a thick skin to handle it and, you know, I think it's kind of like an addiction in a way because you just you're just addicted to that next high of, of getting a, <laughs> getting a role. You know, yeah. then you get back high where you're on set and you're treated like royalty, and then they spit you out and you audition again. So it's uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, actors and musicians are kind of messed up. Some of the most messed up people I ever saw were stand-up comedians. They were, you know, the the whole. Their whole life was getting up on stage and, and getting somebody to appreciate them and getting a laugh, but mentally and they were just mess, mess, <laughs> very very depressed people. So, um, uh, so I guess it attracts people who who vie for attention. So maybe because of my childhood, I was always trying to vie for attention. Maybe that's what got me into the business. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a definitely up and down uh, struggle and. Uh, and a lot of people don't, you know, just don't make it and they keep trying. And then some people get it and uh, they do well. So I was I was very blessed that I managed to get some decent, decent roles over the years. Was it a huge uh, changeover to move from England to America? Um, I, you know, I got a chance to go to California. And of course, you know, the... the uh, uh, I got a chance to go back to England in 2005 and I realized how tiny England was and how congested London was. And uh, so I, I enjoyed the uh, <clears throat> the L.A. weather. I enjoyed the L.A. scene. I lived in L.A. for over 30 years. Mm. And then most recently I moved here to be with family in North Carolina. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, I think, uh, I think, uh, the opportunities that I got in this country, I probably wouldn't have got when I was in England. And, uh, you know, like uh, a lot of people in this country, I, I had to deal with a lot of uh, racism in England, being from a being a minority. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get it as much here because people thought I was from England. But I totally understand what people have to do, deal with in this country as well, having experienced it myself. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, me being here, you know, uh, born and everything, you know, that's something you really don't learn about until you get a little older outside of childhood. And I mean, even as a child, you know, I've recognized it, but I didn't let that sit on my mind. Right. You know, you should never, you know, judge somebody by the color of their skin or where they come from or nothing like that. You should judge them off their character. And, you know, there was some, you know, some little, little assholes back in grade school, but, you know, you just didn't play kickball with them or whatever, you know, you try not to, you know, take that with you. I mean, of course, you don't really get fully developed until later on in life, mentally or mature wise, I should say. Right. It is what it is, you know. Well, I think racism is a, is a big lie. Um, I'm a firm believer uh, in uh, my own personal, well, I, I'm a firm believer that people sh- should know that the, the truth that reincarnation is a fact. I'm, I, I strongly believe in that based on 
experiences and my own research. And, you know, if people understand that, you know, we're on, we're on this planet in a lifetime in different cultures, different religions, uh, different, even different sexes to learn experiences, uh, and then we keep, you know, we, we can't, we don't generally belong to one particular race. You know, we, we belong to many, many different races over, over, over our evolution. And I think if that truth was told, I think that a lot of that racial prejudice or national pride, um, nationalism, or, or, you know, a lot of division between uh, religions, all, all that would probably uh, be, you know, greatly reduced people would think twice about hating somebody if they knew that you know they were a, their brother or sister or a mother or father in a previous life and uh i think that's something that that uh, people need to understand uh, it, interesting enough terence uh, recently some christian scholars uh, have come forward and and have said that uh, uh that the uh the catholic church actually they reincarnation were actually taught in the Christian religion and it was deliberately taken out to, to put in this one life uh, so that, you know, they could have control over the masses. And so even Christian scholars are coming forward that the, um, the truth of reincarnation was suppressed, has been suppressed from the masses. So I thought that's very interesting uh, that recently came out as well. <clears throat> I don't think that anyone, you know, you know, was born that way. I think that, you know, a, a capitalistic society is what breeds, you know, racism. Because to me, you know, capitalism or well, racism is a symptom of capitalism or classism. So, you know, if everyone, I'm going to say everyone, if the majority of the people that hold power over countries weren't so money hungry and ego driven, a lot of this, you know, wouldn't happen, I believe. But you can't control anyone's way of thinking. You can only control how you react to what they do. I totally agree. I think the economic system is flawed. It it, it benefits the minority of getting very, very wealthy. And the middle class is slowly depleting. And so it's become a poor rich divide not only in this country but many countries around the world so um that that all that also needs a overhaul i think the whole political system the economic system uh you know the religious ideologies of the world uh, a, a lot of these things uh you know people are questioning now because i think we've reached the stage uh, you know i'm uh, i think one of the main reasons that you know, I go on interviews right now is that I want to give your listeners some hope because right now it seems that, you know, we're discussing earlier that the news and the media, it just, and what's going on around the world, it's just making people more and more depressed on top of the uh, pandemic. And so, you know, um, I, I believe there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I believe there is a, a great change that's occurring right now. Uh, astrologically, um, metaphysically, I think people's mind concepts are changing to have a more universal approach to life and to, and the realization dawning that indeed, you know, despite our differences, we are all part of the same human race, that we are one entity, which we have been for the last 80 
15 million years. No doubt. Um, so last year became the best worst thing for a lot of people. So in your particular case, how did you deal with, you know, uh, being shut in and how did you, you know, maintain your sanity and not feel like you were caged in opposed to, you know, it just all being in your mind and, you know, you actually control, you know, all of your actions. You just had stipulations behind them. Well, one thing that was in my favor was that I managed to publish my book, which was which was on hold for about three years. I just had a lot of frustration getting it published. And so um, being in isolation, I managed to get it published and started promoting that. So I, I kind of got busy in one, one aspect. Um, you know, uh, in regards to isolation, it's, it's, you know, we're not meant to be isolated. We, we, we're meant to be together in, in communities and groups and family situations. And the fact that, you know, my brother lived down the road and I couldn't even see him, just the weirdest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I got into uh, my own spiritual practices. I got into meditation, into prayer and uh, thinking less about myself got him you know got busy as far as promoting the book and um and just reaching out and sending out uh light energy to the world and that's what i've been doing for the last 40 years as a healer as well and so um you know I feel sorry for a lot of people who especially older people who are isolated and by themselves I got onto Zoom meetings. Uh, I interacted on Zoom, and so I, I, I try to stay as busy uh, as I could, and and not get into self pity and you know woe is me and, and and depression and which we can all get into. And so I think it's important for our sanity is to have some kind of uh, spiritual program. Doesn't matter. What, what, which one that you have, you don't, doesn't have to be a religious program, but something that can keep you centered, that can keep you, keep your serenity going, uh, despite everything. I mean, you know, you look at prisoners of war, you look at uh, a lot of people who've been oppressed and for years they've had to put up, you know, with a lot of, um, um, you know, um, limitations. So I think it was a good way of learning as well and appreciating, uh, you know, the suffering of other people that go through when you go through this isolation. And I think it, 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 it probably wasn't good for the younger people. It probably affected them. A lot of the young, younger people suffering from anxiety and depression because of this. Uh, but on the whole, I think, you know, there's been pandemics over, you know, I studied pandemics has been, pandemics in our history this is nothing new you know the plague and cholera and uh, you know SARS and AIDS and all these things have come in the past and and eventually they've been overcome so I'm I'm hopeful that this this pandemic will be overcome and people can eventually move on but it I think there was a lot of soul searching during this pandemic like, you know, people realizing, well, what's more important in life, you know, is it following an economic system and working like slaves or is it, is it, you know, do I, is there more to my life than just, you know, uh, just being a slave to the system? And a lot of people had this inner realization that there was more to life than just, you know, working and sleeping and 
you know, having a, having just a menial life. So it awakened a lot of people. A lot of people decided to make changes in their lives, in their careers, and do things that they want to do. So I think there was a, a lot of negative, but also a lot of positive that came out of the pandemic. Most definitely. 2020 was the year of the entrepreneur. And, you know, people decided to get off their ass and put in, you know, put in time on that thing that they've been holding off on, or they just, you know, like you said earlier, just quit their job and just decided to, to go for whatever they had ideals for that they never, you know, put any effort into. And I think that that was, it was great. It was when I started my show, you know, I'm a little over a year in and, you know, I feel great that I ain't stopped. You know, my original thought was, I don't know if this is going to work. And now, you know, I'm excited to see who, I, who I'll have on next. What's the next topic of conversation, you know? So, you know, uh, things like that, you know, you know, warms the heart. And I think that everyone needs that, you know, just see, sometimes seeing someone else do something uh, and plot itself in a positive way can inspire someone else to, to do it for themselves, you know? So tell me about your book. Well, the, the book is called the struggle for world sanity and the title was pretty good for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I, I wrote about, you know, some of my life experiences. I wrote about some of my mystical experiences some of my experiences I had with my own yogi master, uh, an Englishman by the name of Dr. George King, who I've followed since the age of 16. And then, you know, I also dwell into truths in this book, which pe- people in in the mainstream media have not talked about, um, but aspects of truth about, you know, our past history, where we came from, uh, where we are now, where we are, where we're going. Um, and, you know, um, context that my own yogi master had with beings from different dimensions, different uh, planes of existence, different planets, which again, recently, you know, this Pentagon release on uh, on uh, UFOs, people are now, they're not laughing too much now about people who believe in life, extraterrestrial life. People, they were laughed at in the past, but now with the Pentagon and and other, you know, uh, people in, like um, retired generals, retired astronauts, you know, discussing incredible experiences they've had with spacecraft uh, from other, you know, uh, civilizations and some of the some of these things that that they've experienced, and the majority of people now are realizing with the advanced of science and technology that, you know, it's, it's an impossibility that we're alone in the cosmos, never mind the cosmos, not only in the galaxy, but I believe in just even in the solar system, I don't think that we're alone. And so one of the aspects of my book was I had a, I had a very intimate experience with a, um, you know, a spacecraft or a people call UFOs are in the wilderness when I was 18. And I, I really didn't talk too much about it because it was very personal. But the, the experience I had from there made, gave me this realization that the people who man these spacecraft are not only scientifically advanced, 
you know, millions of years ahead of us. But also, this is another aspect which people are not talking about, but also spiritually advanced and uh, who are actually monitoring this world right now with the changes that it's going through. And then some of the messages that my yogi master got from these people are highly uplifting and they're they're warning mankind about the impending destruction that we're that we that we've regressed to the point where we can just totally destroy our planet or we can rise uh, and and this rise will be extremely spectacular and again you know when i talked talked to your listeners earlier on i said that there is light at the end of the tunnel not only, not only prophesized by my yogi master, but many prophets of old about a new age that is going to dawn on planet Earth and a, a new age where the world, there is going to be no wars or economic system or race or barriers or cultures, but a unified race. And that has been predicted and that is what's going to happen in the future. And there's nothing that the politicians or the warmongers or, or the you know polluters can do about it it's been foreseen and uh that's exactly what's going to happen in the next few centuries and then um mankind you know is being urged right now to rise and the only way to rise is a universal spiritual not a, i don't think a religious approach but a universal spiritual approach that indeed we are our brother's keeper and we need to help start helping each other in many 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 ways and not go back to our old self-centered selves yeah, that that's the only thing about it. The only time that we unify is against uh, you know, something that threatens us all. You know, the point of solidarity. It's only when it's us or STEM where you see true unification. And whether it be a country when it should be everyone on this planet, you know? Cuz I'm thinking like this, if if extraterrestrials decide to land, you know, and do us harm. Are you really going to be concerned about the the guy next door to you that that's a different shade? Like, you know, are you going to be like, hey, that ship looks dangerous. Let's work together. You know, me personally, I think it would be cool to actually, you know, meet an extraterrestrial um, only if they're peaceful, you know, educational, who's trying to help us get to where they are because apparently they have flying ships that can fly through space you know what i'm saying that are you know able to cloak themselves or shift because there's a lot of talk about you know uh uh what is it called color oscillating ships that have been spotted like they they were there and then they all of a sudden they disappeared they they blending in with the sky and stuff like that like you know not for the 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 purpose of uh, advancing war technology before survival. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be the key. And then, you know, people just don't, they, they just don't think that way. And it's a shame that it's a small, small portion of our population that actually have the insight to, you know, not think about themselves and think about all of us, you know? Well, I think the, this, um, this, this, phenomena of ufos and extraterrestrials i think it's 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 i think it's one of the most important uh, aspects uh, uh right now in our history we, we've been you know people talk about you know uh if these extraterrestrials were 
were belligerent. I think if they were belligerent, we would have been taken over a long time ago. If, like you said, if they have these craft that you know they're so superior, um, I think they're I think they're peaceful. I think a lot of the fear has been created by by the media and the governments, so that they they don't want people to know that there are beings that are that are very powerful technology wise and spiritually than 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 the people that run this world and so um you know i believe my yogi master was in contact with these higher beings and and he asked them that if you wanted to take over the planet how soon could you do it and they said within 10 to 15 minutes and so um they've been they've been observing us for, for many many centuries I believe that uh, there was a lot of extraterrestrial sightings after we started exploding the atom and hydrogen bombs because we were in danger of killing the planet and ourselves back in the 50s and 60s. And there was a tremendous amount of uh, UFO sightings in the sky. So they they do watch over us and they're telling us to return back to the spiritual laws, you know, thou shalt not kill, you know and to be our brother's keeper and and get back into the way that we were i mean if we studied studied our history uh you know my yogi master dr king he wrote this book in the 60s called the nine freedoms and in there yeah, he outlined the true history of the human race and you know terence at one time uh we were extremely advanced uh, race of people and uh, we've re- re- we've actually involved ourselves we've regressed ourselves tremendously and so what they're saying is you know we need to get back and become the gods that we were at one time uh you know the bible talks about adam and eve and the fall from the garden of eden you know i, I think at one time we were we had utopia and we just you know uh because of our stupidity a lot of the civilizations that we belong to went down. Two of them actually went down in atomic warfare, the, the civilization of Lemuria and of Atlantis. And, you know, and we're, we're, we're kind of bound to do that right now because, because, because of our uh, hatred and our, our mindset and, and our greed. And like you said, our selfishness. And so, I think we've reached a crossroads. I believe that either we change, and if we don't change, I don't think we'll be allowed to stay on this planet. I think we will be taken uh, to another planet and start our evolutionary cycle on on another planet. And I believe that people who will stay here are the people who will try to make a difference, raise their consciousness, raise their vibrations, and become part of this new age that, that is going to happen on this planet in the next few centuries you know i always thought it was crazy that you know we are spending you know trillions of dollars exploring space when it's like 75 to 80 percent of the ocean that's unexplored and you know with all the talks of atlantis you know we don't have the equipment from what I've been told to get down certain depths to even see what's down there. Like, you know, we got, you know, all these problems on the surface. I'm not saying we're going to find any answers down there, but you never know what can help us out. You know, uh, explorers and people who, you know, excavate, you know, they find these things 
that, you know, help mankind through minerals or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Some type of information that ends up helping us. So I think that we should, you know, start spending some time on that. Unfortunately, we're more concerned about how to make a twerking video on TikTok on a global scale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like uh, CNN a few years ago. They they had some retired uh, uh, military uh, generals from I think a base in Colorado, and they talked about uh, uh, UFOs coming to their nuclear silos and sending these pink beams of energy into the silos and neutralizing the nuclear bombs. And you know you'd think that would the whole world would would shake with that news, and the next thing that. You know, oh, uh, you know, J-Lo's got another record, you know, and people just kind of get back into that men's mindset of, you know, uh, 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 you know, well, what's the priorities? Somebody just, these generals have just talked about, you know, UFOs neutralizing nuclear warheads, and then people just get back into their normal state of so-called living, and they just don't want to deal with the realities of life. And so, yeah, I I, I think that... Uh, our priorities need to need to change. Uh, we need to, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the masses fault. I think we just over the centuries, we've been kind of brainwashed and molded to the point where, you know, we kind of hypnotize zombies. Sometimes we just go with the flow. And I think with the, the change that's occurring right now, um, you know, astrologically it's, we're in the dawn of the new Aquarian age, which which is pushing mankind and 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 ask and people are beginning to ask questions people are are breaking away from this uh you know this this turmoil that's been created not only by us but 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 by people in power and 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 I agree with you you know what's the point in exploring uh outer space when we haven't even explored inner space you know finding out who we are as 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 human beings you know um uh, you know my uh, the, the master that i followed he said that the the finest spacecraft ever created uh you know in the in in the, in the galaxy is is our astral body uh yogi masters from india are, are able to go within and 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 project from their bodies and they can they can they can you know travel from here to Mars in a couple of seconds uh, using their astral bodies. And so we haven't even gone into inner space and we're we're churning out these satellites or whatever. And, and, you know, I I have to question, you know, what what people like Branson and Bezos and, you know, uh, Musk are doing, Uh, you know, they all seem to be like, you know, money-making ventures. I mean, you know, they talk about going into space and exploring but it all seems to be uh, guised in 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 the you know the, in the in the aspect that the 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 space travel or people you know wanting to fly into space is going to be a multi-trillion-dollar industry, where again you know rich rich millionaires will pay two hundred three hundred thousand dollars for a five-minute flight up in, into the atmosphere. Well, really, you know, we could use that money uh, to maybe build more hospitals or schools. Or, or help the poor, you know. So the priorities again uh, are not being analyzed, 
And if we if we go within more and find out our true nature, our spiritual nature, you know, we find out that we, there's two beings within us. We have a lower self and a higher self, and it's time to align ourselves with our higher self and tune in and become the spiritual beings that we once were. And that's the calling of the day. That's what the space people are saying that, you know, you know, come out and reach us and touch us and and rise and become that which we were in the past. And so uh, it's going to be a gradual change. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I, I believe that there will be an economic collapse. I, re, I believe there will be a financial collapse in the, in the future. And then mankind will question, you know, what this materialistic life is, what this money. They said that the economic system is like a cancer in the heart of spiritual man because, you know, being in debt or tied to a mortgage and all this just keeps us, you know, just slugging away and not even realizing who we really are as, as human beings, you know, and what our true nature is. No, I agree. I think that a lot of people don't realize that, like, at the end of the day, I not that I'm saying everyone else should adopt this mindset, but I remember at one point in time where, you know, money was everything and I needed money to to feel able to do anything. But now I know that it's just a means to make things happen. So now I have uh, I know it's important, but I treat it like it's nothing because you can if you lose it, you're not going to you know feel like you lost a limb or you feel like you're worthless now because my 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 monetary value as far as money is is depleted or whatever because you can get it right back you know i see people who who are win the lottery and instantly feel miserable and as soon as they they lose their money or they get rid of their money they feel happier and freer than they ever have you know so i believe on a whole that people know that money doesn't buy happiness it just provides options. And if everyone could see things that way and stop treating, you know, stop treating um, the next person like, you know, their worth is equated to the amount of money they have in the bank, then, you know, these billionaires and these trillionaires would do a lot more instead of, you know, taking trips to space when they could just you know, like Bezos, he, he has enough money to like give like, I don't know, a billion people a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like the collection of the wealthy could end homelessness in so many right. countries. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Just by, you know, uh, something they could be considered a tax write off. But it's like, what do you and like? I can't tell you what to do with your money, but I can tell you what the world looks like with you just sitting on this money that you waste or you, you know, buy another yacht or another house or, you know, um, uh, you know, buy like a, a $8 million engagement wing for your wife or something like that. I'm not saying she's not worth it, but come on, man, you can't take it with you. Can't take a penny with you. You know, I had a chance in 2006 to go to Africa and um, I went to Kenya, went to a safari there, really enjoyed it. Then I went to Tanzania and I climbed uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, which was a 
amazing experience. But you know, I I I had a chance to you know walk through the villages, and these there were people there living in mud huts made out of cow dung, mm. living off the land. And you know, the children were smiling; they were happy. You know, they didn't have credit card debt. They didn't have the latest i i iPhone or iPad. You know, and they and they were just you could tell just from their eyes and their smiles that they were just contented. And you know, I mean, just look at the trillions that we spend on 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 war. You know, uh, again, you know, questionable wars, and you know, it, it, everything's just upside down. I think there's nothing wrong with material security. Everybody needs a house, maybe a car, some money in the bank. You know, who doesn't? Of course, we all need all that. But like you said, when we go, you know, it's like into the billions and trillions of people amassing wealth for what? You know, it's 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 the big lie, and and you know we've we've reached a point where we look up to people with money as and people worship or, or praise in the media they praise the billionaires, uh, you know, instead of praising the real leaders, political leaders and spiritual leaders of the world, people like the Master Jesus, the Lord Buddha, you know, the Lord Krishna. Uh, those were, the, I believe, were the real, are the real leaders, political and spiritual leaders of the world, you know, and that's what we've been asked to do is to start listening to uh, the, the spiritual teachings of these great masters, who I, I believe weren't from this planet. I believe they were from the highest spheres, from different planets. Um, they came to earth and to top, teach mankind uh, the real value of life. And so, if you know, if if we as a, as a as 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 the human race go back uh, to these spiritual principles, uh, we will think twice before we start this murder and pillage and and this this um, worship of materialism. You know, we need to get away from that and get back into, you know, we're spiritual beings in physical bodies. It's not the other way around. And so we need to gain that inspiration back and get back to where we're supposed to be, decent human beings helping other human beings. Totally agree. I plan on going to Egypt one day. I also want to go to Japan and uh, I definitely want to make it to Europe travel to France. I got a couple of partners that's in South London, you know? So I think that if we got outside of our bubble and see what the world is really like, like, especially like those, those people with the, the money that can just, you know, take a whole year off and travel the world and not have to worry about layovers and stuff like that. Cause they got private jets, you know, and really see what the, the, uh, the, the 90% live like and what it's like to, you know, endure everyday life outside of, you know, wealth and everything. And I think that they will honestly, you know, have a difference in opinion. So it's all about self-reflection and a lot of people don't want to self-reflect because if they do, they got to face what's really on the inside. So they mask it, you know, with, um, people around them or a certain facade or jewelry, cars or whatever. And that's fine. That's the way you want to live life. I can't do it. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, 
money buys some happiness, but then after that, just, you know, I think the writer that he said, money buys happiness, after that, just buys more money. And then, you know, with money comes responsibility, and the more money you have, yeah, I think the more miserable you can be in many ways, because you worry about hoarding it and, you know, all these bills and all this other stuff, and millionaires are trying to be billionaires, and yeah, it's a mess. It's a, it's a total mess. And so uh, uh, I think the I think that the order of the day is this is this spiritual renaissance that is occurring around the world. People are beginning to wake up now to the reality of life. And then you know the the question again, Terence, that you know that you know I want to ask the audience is what kind of legacy do we want to leave behind for our children or our nieces and nephews? You know, do we want to leave a planet? that's regressing into destruction or do we want to do something to help change, uh, help stop this destruction and this regression and, and, and leave uh, some kind of legacy that our children or nieces and nephews can, you know, live, live on in the future. So that's another question that I ask myself, well, what, 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 what am I doing that, that's making a difference? And for me, you know, there's there's only so much you can do in as far as service work. You you know, I can't I can't suddenly, you know, leave town and, and do volunteer work in another country at this particular point. But one thing I can do, which everybody else can do in the comfort of their home, is send out the spiritual light. And that's the calling of the day, is send out spiritual energy to uh to transmute the hatred and the greed and the violence. You know, I people talk about pollution physical pollution i think there's a mental pollution around the planet that's also weighing mankind down and so the the order of the day is to send out which the higher beings are asking us to do is send out this uh, spiritual energy this energy of love you know just channel it down from the cosmos you know through through our head through our heart center through our psychic senses in the palm of the hand and send it out as a spiritual light doesn't matter what race, religion, or color, or creed that you are. Everybody can do that. You don't even have to believe in a higher power. So that's the calling of the day. I mean, back in the seventies, they had this, you know, the, this oil shortage, and at that time, people, you know, people were asking, you know, about the energy crisis. And you know, my yogi master said, "There's only one energy crisis on this planet." And that's a spiritual energy crisis. This is a very tangible energy that's been used over the centuries. One of the greatest healers on this planet was the was, you know, the Master Jesus. He he used this energy to raise the dead, you know, cure the blind. And it's that energy that's been needed right now uh, on a global scale. And if and he said that if we if we solve this energy crisis, all other energy crises. Or, or all other problems between between countries and in our personal life will automatically be solved. So that's the order of the day, send out the light, send out the power. And uh, I belong to a group of uh, people from like 50 different countries, and we send this energy out on a regular basis online. So if people are interested in, in sending out the power and they don't know how to do it, uh, they can go to this website called 12blessings.org the 12 being numerical and they could join us in sending out this light. So um, I think that's, that's critical in these days uh, to help save the planet and, and the race right now. Don't you agree? 
I do. I think that it's a shame that, you know, powerful messages like what you just said get outshined by, you know, trivial BS throughout the media every day. And my personal opinion, I don't believe that money can buy happiness. I think that it can it can buy moments like, you know, if if you're hungry, you can buy your favorite meal and you now, you know, you're happy that you have this meal, but it's more of you fulfilling a need of curing your hunger. You know, happiness to me is when you're in a, a state of total bliss that doesn't cost you anything. You know what I mean? So just you being there in whatever setting or with someone, if someone if someone makes you feel happy or someone makes you feel like the rest of the world has melted away and the only thing you have is you two, you need to figure out what it is that that person brings out of you and then find it for yourself. You know, that's just, that's my perception on happiness because, you know, it's just like, you know, uh, if you binge watch a, a new series on Netflix or whatever, or any streaming platform and you in love with this show, and you was having a crappy day before you found it. And then when it ends, you feel like it's over. Now my bliss is gone. You need to get to a point to where that doesn't stop. It can just be something new and something great that makes you feel joy is added on to your regular day. It's okay to have a bad day. It's not good to have a bad life, you know? I think, you know, you have a, you have a very valid point. I think... I think there's a certain sense of satisfaction when you're not concentrating on yourself too much these days and you're more into helping others. There's a sense of inner inner satisfaction or inner joy that I get from helping helping people. Uh, I think if you're too centered in self and selfish, then you, you I think there's going to be a lot of unhappiness because you're always thinking about yourself. I um, you know. You know, Doctor George King said that we didn't come on this planet to suffer. This this planet is a beautiful classroom. Uh, you know, it's, it's a spacecraft revolving around the solar system that's going around the galaxy. You know, on planet Earth, and you know, we we're offered everything uh, that, and, and we're supposed to go within and and reach, like you said, these blissful states of high meditation to the point where we can rise our consciousness up to this state of bliss. And that's our divine heritage. We didn't come here to suffer and go through this misery. And, and you know, um, that's what people need to realize, that inner joy uh, that people crave is within and not from the outside world. And so the more we go into meditation and realizing our higher aspects and going into prayer, sending, sending out this energy, uh, I think that we will be more fulfilled than, like you say, you know, experience all this materialism, which is all fading anyway. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter in the end. Like you said, we can't take in anything with us. So I think the order of the day is to go within more, is to meditate, is to pray and to and to and to rise and 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 send out power to other people. There's more of an inner joy and satisfaction that comes from there than uh, than the material wealth. But at the same time, you know, we can't walk around with a begging bowl. We have to have certain material items around 
in order to make a living, but not to the excess where, you know, do we really need the latest car or the latest phone or the latest, you know, these are just tinsels that are devised so that, you know, just keep us into regression into the material world. Absolutely. Basically luxuries, you know, luxuries of life should be being able to feed yourself and feed your family and, you know, maintain a, a clean and healthy lifestyle, you know, but not everyone thinks like you and I. So, so let me ask you this. Um, have you had uh, any opportunities for comedy lately? Um, I, I've been more into uh, promoting the book mm. and uh, I've been getting a lot of interviews. So I'm focusing on that. Uh, I have an agent here I'm, and uh, I decided to put a hold on, on the comedy and acting at the point right now, I'm just enjoying uh, from, I mean, this is a labor of love. I don't make any money out of it. Mm. And uh, it's something I believe is more important right now than, than my career is, is, is sending that message, especially in these dark days where there's so much turmoil going on. I think it's important that, uh, that this message go out to people and, you know, our people, if they read the book will be inspired, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll give them hope. And uh, so I'm, so this message of hope is what I'm, what I'm doing right now. What's been the feedback since you released your book last year? You know, uh, I've, I've had a lot of good reviews on Amazon. Uh, every host that I've, that I've talked to, nobody's been in a negative state and everybody's been pretty open-minded. I think people are more open-minded now than when my yogi master in the 50s and 60s, he was laughed at when he talked about extraterrestrial life and the need to, for unification and the dangers of the of atomic warfare. And, you know, at that time, people didn't understand. Uh, people are more open now, more open-minded mm-hmm. and more willing to listen. So uh, I haven't really had anybody show any negativity towards uh, what I'm talking about. I think more, more, more people are, are actually accepting that reality because they most people realize that we are in a pretty bad state overall around the world right now okay so what are some of the things that you stay away from the to keep your your mind clear and keep yourself from being polluted from the negative you know any uh, well you know i think exercise is important uh you know I think uh, yoga, meditation, going for a walk, doing a workout, breathing, exercises. I think those things are very important, going within, uh, you know. And so any any kind of uh, physical program is very important. It's good for your mind and body. Uh, and then a spiritual program. And then, uh, you know, also, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, I listen to Chappelle and, you know, Sinbad. You know, sometimes it's good to just just have a laugh and enjoy yourself. People being cured of cancer by just watching sick, funny, sunny, funny, you know, videos and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having a, a little enjoyment and laughter. It doesn't have to be all the time. Um, but, you know, it's good to detach. I can get very, very depressed watching the news especially recently. And sometimes I try not to, I, I try to look at the headlines and that's about it, you know, and um, I just use the serenity prayer, you know, you know, to accept the things I can, 
I cannot change and to have the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. So there's certain things that I can't change right now, no matter how much I feel for the world. But there are certain things that I can change within myself and my environment, uh, which gives me a peace of mind. And, and that's to, you know, to, to, to send out this power and be of service. Um, you know, and again, you know, we don't have to be in, in this depressed, funky state. I, I, I suffer from anxiety, fear and depression like everybody else. And I get into slumps. Who doesn't? You know, if, if, if you're any, anywhere sensitive, of course you feel that way. And, and we all go into that. So it's important to stay disciplined and focused and, and stay positive and, and, and just, you know, uh, in these days, we kind of got to be like spiritual warriors. We got to fight. We got to fight this madness and be willing to work hard to, you know, to send out this light uh, because uh, these are very troubling times. It requires a lot of effort, but it's well worth the effort. Have you ever thought about uh, taking up your predecessor's mantle when it comes to teaching? Um, he passed away in 1997. And uh, if people want to know more about his work, they can go to his uh, to his organization website, which is the ethereumsociety.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. Um, I believe everything that most of the things that I that I talk about are, are being his teaching. So I'm not so much a teacher, but more of a messenger mm-hmm. uh, of, of my yogi master, more of a disciple and a student than a teacher and uh, just probably just re- reiterating what he said and what the higher beings have said. So I think that's my job. Yeah. Uh, everyone has a purpose. And obviously I believe you found yours. I think if a lot of people had better guidance, <clears throat> then, you know, you start seeing more of a shift than what you've been seeing lately. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's a lot of, trivial things that's on the news but there's some there's some highlights that get overshadowed that that's the type of stuff that i pay attention to when um you know situations like in flint get corrected or you know when there's big change in a country or war finally ends you know outside of the backlash from it you know something that something that's been going on for like 20 years finally comes to a stop you know you know, I want to see that change where we can, you know, fix the ozone layer and, you know, stop the uh, <clears throat> the ice caps from melting, you know, even though I'm pretty sure it's a wrap for those. But we know these things now. Let's get, uh, you know, more proactive when it comes to preparing for the future, opposed to reacting to something when it happens in the present, you know, just like last year, you know, there was no there was no real battle plan set up for COVID. And now we're going on what, what, 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's really just America. A lot of, I'm not saying all other countries, but a lot of other countries don't even think about it anymore. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm tired of, 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 holding the mantle of living in the best country in the world. And we feel so behind compared to everyone else. And then these are a lot of places that people look down on or shun or think lowly of in comparison, you know, yeah. which is, which is messed up a lot. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I hope it sorts itself out. It's been a big mess, and again, a lot of, a lot of greed and selfishness, and and people, you know, battling different ideologies and all that, have caused more, a lot more suffering. And I do believe that war is a racket. I believe it's it's for profit, and all the suffering that's occurred in during war. I think it's time to transmute war in, into into that love energy, and. Uh, you know, no no amount of bombs and bombing or is is going to fix any terrorism. It has to be the energy of love, sending out energy uh, and transmuting this this hatred. That's that's the only solution. Uh, you know, war is not the answer. That's for sure. I, I'm in total agreement with you. So let me ask you this: um, You got any travel plans for yourself in the future? Uh, right now, uh, with, thank goodness with Zoom and most of my work I can do from home. Um, and so, um, I don't have any major travel plans. I mean, I may, uh, you know, I may visit a couple of cities where friends are, but, um, thank goodness for the technology now. It's not necessary to, to travel anywhere to make speeches or mm. do interviews. And so, uh, so that's the beauty of, uh, of the technology now. I mean, who would have thought that we could actually talk in real time, you know, uh, you know, a few years, even a few years back. So that's a good thing about, that's a positive thing about technology. It's bringing the world closer together. And so, you know, all the, all the conspiracies and the hatred can also be changed where Two people like me, you and me, can talk two different cities stim- simultaneously and send out a message of hope. So that's a positive aspect of technology as well. Most definitely, I um, I, I am envious of anyone who gets you know the newest thing ahead of time. But I'm also aware that you know we can't make this life. You got to unplug, whether it be you know, virtually, or you looking at something on your phone or whatever, you got to get out and realize that life is happening outside of this screen, outside of these microphones, outside of these headsets, you know, and that's the difference. You know, I I slowly uh, feel like um, we're getting more and more matrix-like, you know, when you have a lot of people have it down to a point to where they don't have to leave the house at all. And they choose not to. And don't get me wrong, you know, for health reasons, sure, I understand. But when that just becomes, it starts to become the norm on a on a massive scale. And then it's like, what are you doing? Like, if people look at you funny because you're calling them because you're outside of their house, like, that's not good. You know, when I grew up, outside was all I knew. That's where right. everything was happening. So now everything's happening you know behind the screen you know in 4k or not you know what i mean so i think that people need to learn the difference between reality and uh you know virtuality you know everything is instant gratitude now you know instantly everybody wants it instantly back in the 80s i'd come home and i'd put on my answering machine and listen to my messages you know (laughs) You know, it's like it wasn't the end of the world, you know, and then I call people back the next day. Now it's like, we're, yeah, we're a slave to a slave to the system. 
Absolutely. And you're right, just sometimes that's why we need to go into meditation and prayers to detach from the from the noise, from the uh, hustle and bustle, and take time for ourselves and find out the real the real us instead of being, yeah, slave a zombie zombie to the technology. I mean, you know, somebody emails me, I gotta email them back, you know, in the old days used to get a letter and send them a letter, you know, it's like <laughs> Remember when you didn't know who was calling you? You just had to pick up the phone and say hello. Yeah, yeah, you know, it yeah. No options. Yeah, no caller ID. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Man, man, I uh, thinking about that makes me miss how good you know uh, fast food restaurants used to be. In my personal opinion, they changed since early two thousands. It just you know, big pharma, you know, they growing everything and they just pushing out all this stuff that's just flavorless. Garbage, know? yeah. Man. Absolute garbage, unhealthy garbage. And then, uh, you know, people get ill and then they start taking the medications uh, being advertised and, you know, yeah, we need to get regress from that as well. Start he- eating healthy from the land, you know. Exactly. I mean, my my sister grew some tomatoes the other day, you know, out in the front yard, and it's like, man, never tasted tomatoes like that before, you know, amazing. So man. yeah, need to go back on and start farming from the land again. Absolutely. If you could, uh, if you could time travel back to a year in your life, what year would that be? Um, that's a good question. I'm I'm not. I mean, at uh, one point, uh, you know, I, uh, I, th- I think sometimes childhood is good where you don't have to re- think about anything and you just, you know, you don't have the worries of life. Sometimes, you know, some aspects of my childhood were very good, some not, not very good. But uh, um, I would probably, probably go, not maybe in this life, but maybe in a, in a previous life where I was something that was you know that i could remember where life was a lot better i'd like to go back to where uh we were at one time when we were in utopia when we mm-hmm. when we had everything that we wanted and uh and get back to that point so i'm not quite sure about this life it's been pretty pretty strenuous <laughs> yeah going back to the days of no responsibilities um would be awesome i think that if I could go back in time, I would, I was born in the mid eighties, but if I grew up in the mid eighties, I think that I would have enjoyed that decade better. Like it just, from what I can remember and what you see on TV and, you know, old videos and stuff like that, like it just seemed like a better time. And then the nineties, man, the nineties. <laughs> The 90s is when everything flipped, in my opinion. It's just like, well, this is the new world. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, it just seems to be getting getting from better to worse. But uh, but we just have to keep 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 staying strong and keep uh, keep our you know go, keep the goal in sight that things are going to get better. Almost oh, definitely, I. Uh... I always look forward to conversations like this. They they recharge my soul because of the normal uh, monotonous stuff that I see through you know on TV every day or 
you know, on YouTube or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of information out there, but it's overshadowed by, you know, clickbait, you know? So, yeah, right. you know, you got to pick and choose what you subscribe to. You know? I think simplicity. I think our life has become so complicated. Everything is so complicated. I think we need to return to simplicity, you know? You know, yeah, living off the land and, you know, turning off the TV and watching the stars and breathing in the air and listening to the crickets, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> you know, we need to be looking up to the skies instead of looking down at our iPhones, you know, and uh, looking at space and wondering, you know, where we are, where we're going. So I think back to simplicity is is is, is what we need to be doing, yeah. Yeah, I think the only way that's going to happen is, you know, a big reset on a, on a global scale. So, you know, either alien attack or zombie apocalypse. <laughs> that's the, that's well, the even, you know, I, uh, you know, I talk about the great change and then somebody pointed out the other day because I talked about the great reset and then I realized the great reset that was something that was that was churned up by the uh, uh, by the elite um you know about changing economically the societies and all that not all that's not going to work you know there has to it has to be a not an economic change but a spiritual change and that's the order of the day the economics is not going to work it never has worked so absolutely I so yeah i don't mention the great reset anymore I, i'd say the great change that's going to come on planet earth those are words to live by, ladies and gentlemen. Wajit, this has been dope, man. I uh, I appreciate you for joining me today. And we got to do this again, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely, brother. It was a pleasure being on your show. Thank you so much. Hey, man. Thank you for taking the time out of, you know, everything you got going on and joining on and, and dropping those words of wisdom. So, uh, won't you uh, let my audience know, you know, where they can find you at and anything you want them to uh, check out as well? Uh, they can just go to my website, which is uh, wajidauthor.com, W-A-J-I-D-A-U-T-H-O-R, wajidauthor.com. Okay, great. And what was the title of your book again? Uh, the title is The Struggle for World Sanity and they can, if they want to know more about it, they can just go to my website and uh, get all the information there. Okay, that's great. I appreciate that, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have been your host, the Landover Legend, aka Big T, and this has been another very informative installment of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. That's I Can't with a K. Make This Up podcast. You can find me everywhere podcasts are available. I'm also on Facebook. YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to hit that like, share, and subscribe button. And please, please check out my guest. This man has uh, lived a life for enough of us to let us know that there's more to life than just what you see in front of you. So please check him out. Please go to his website. Please check out his book and uh, hit him up. You know, he might want to have a conversation with you well and answer those questions that you don't want to put on, you know, social media or whatever. So, yeah. Again, Wajid, thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been your host. And until next time, peace.
I can't make this up. Being the wingman got me punched in the face by this crazy chick. I can't make this up. Gave this cool old man to ride home. Now I'm harboring the fugitive. I can't make this up. Pin between the fat chick and the speaker. Now my shirt smell like her backside. I can't make this up. It's all bad cause my man about to get stabbed in his hand over french fries. Bad. And I'ma let the land over legend do the rest. I'm out.